0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Live Longer, the podcast. My name is Dr. Millicent Stone, and I am a consultant physician, and I am very passionate about enabling patients to live longer, healthier lives. And as part of this, my own personal journey, I've set up a digital healthcare technology company to enable clinicians share patient friendly guidance with their patients in a form that they can understand. I'm passionate about well-being myself and in collaboration with Homerton Changemakers programme, we came up with the idea that we would talk to artists and see what of their beautiful works can help people to feel better and live longer, healthier lives. So this series is done in collaboration with Homerton Changemakers programme, where I'm a student studying entrepreneurship at Cambridge University, and it's been a great joy to me thus far. So joining me in the studio today is a very, very interesting lady. She's from Gloucestershire. She started out life as a legal assistant and spent many, many years in the law, where she, in fact, met her husband and had a very, very fruitful career. But she was always fascinated in people and in their lives. And when moving down to Gloucestershire, she has become a life coach. And um, I know she's helped thousands of individuals unravel complex aspects of their life in order to reach a longer, healthier life and a more enjoyable and happy life. She's also an artisan, is how she would describe herself. And coming from an artistic background, her mother was an artist and her grandmother, she told me, had a keen interest in plants and the medicinal properties of plants. And she takes her inspiration from her family, but also from her work. And she's created an amazing line of candles. Having studied the power of essential oils. And and I'm looking forward to hearing about this because I know from practicing as a clinician, it's always lovely if you can physically give people something at the end of a consultation to take away, to prolong that feeling of, of wellness. And of course, as a doctor, what we often tend to physically do is a prescription, but not everything is about medications. We all subscribe to the best medicine, the best science, but what else can people do? And that is the purpose behind this series. And so, join me in welcoming Stephanie Wager. Stephanie, welcome to the studio today.
1: Thank you, Millicent.
0: Well, it's wonderful to have you here. And I must tell you, in preparation for this interview, I have been burning one of your beautiful candles that you sent me. And it's it's in my studio here. And I must say I'm surrounded in a beautiful fragrance of rose and bergamot, trying to get into the zone for having this interview with you today. Lovely. Yes, it is Lovely. And so I wanted to start off and just talk to you, you know, I've, I've outlined a little bit about your background and, and maybe you can shed more more light on how you came to be a candle maker and what was the inspiration behind all of this in the context of your work as a life coach helping people in their everyday lives?
1: Well, I feel that people often want instant remedies or extra remedies. As my work as a life coach, talking through with people their problems, their situations, helping them to go forward. I can see someone um, maybe once or twice, or probably over a period of several months or even years. And during that time, I really get to, to know this person, to connect with them, to see what makes them tick, um, you know, what, what they like, what they don't like. And I've always wanted to offer them a bit more. I've always felt that rather than just taking a quick fix on something, there could be something natural that can boost their well-being and their home. It's basically healing their home that helps them at the same time. Always had a passion about candles. My own house is always full of fragrance and flowers and I was brought up that way both by mother and grandmother. So it's very natural to me to have a house full of flora and fauna and nature. So I started developing lotions and potions when I was a child actually but it wasn't until about 10 years ago that I started to take it very seriously.
0: Interesting. So even as a child, you were mixing up your lotions and potions.
1: Yes, I was. I was. Uh, we had a, a large garden. I was very lucky to live in, in a countryside and uh, I would follow my mother around. She was a, um, a national flower ranger and did very big floral displays uh, for big events. So I got used to following her around and I just was smelling flowers, smelling plants in my own world, going off into my own thoughts. And then I would go home and put the the buds or the petals or the stems and leaves into water. And of course, in my early remedies, a lot of it just went brown. But then you learn from that and you learn that what you need to put other things with them to stop them going brown. But they still had an aroma, particularly rose petals, of course.
0: Interesting. And, and I love the the fact that you were going around gathering flowers. Every little girl does that. And it's something that everybody can do, particularly now that we're let out to immerse ourselves in nature at least once a day. And if, with your thoughts on flowers, you know, we had a discussion about all the various different types of flowers and, and you were educating me. Coming from a medical perspective, I, I shared with you, of course, one of the The flowers that we were taught way back in medical school was the foxglove, which is a source of digitalis, which is an important basis for digoxin, a treatment for irregular heartbeats. And you said your mother loved foxgloves, but you you mentioned other flowers like hyacinths and bluebells. Could you could you tell us a little bit about those and, and what your thoughts are?
1: Foxgloves do indeed have a lot of medicinal benefit. They grow wild in Ireland. That's where they come from. And people used to be a little bit uh, wary of them hundreds of years ago. And then as with all aromatherapy and all flowers, certain chemists, certain experts and uh, artisans have developed over the years, that by using certain plants or flowers and distilling the oil, that it had beneficial effects. Uh, With bluebell, this grows wild. Now, there is a difference between natural English bluebells and imported ones from Spain. Nothing wrong with the imported ones from Spain, but they're not as pure and medicinal as the hyacinth and bluebell that we have in England. Hyacinth and bluebell are of the same family. Hyacinth is just a larger version of a wild bluebell the oils distilled from the bluebell is so aromatic and woody and heavy it heals the soul it heals the energy of the room and that's why my signature scent of the candles and other products is bluebell because it's magic in a jar it does its healing for you without you even being there
0: well, that's in- magic in a jar. I like that. It does what it says on the tin. It's very, very good catchphrase. And, and one of the things that amazed me was you said that men in particular liked this smell because it's often hard to find a gift involved with fragrance for a man. So is is that true? Yes,
1: absolutely. A lot of my clients, both for the life coach and now the products are men. Now, men in their own health have have their own set of problems. They don't always offload in the same way as women. We know about the, the genetics and hormones of a man. So for something that's more Acceptable for him, something to have in his bathroom or bedroom that isn't making him offload his emotions or bearing his soul uh, is easier for him. And a lot of my male clients in tests that I were doing a few years ago, they all said they liked Bluebell. I think it's the woody of it that perhaps attracts the male, the hormones of the male. But yes, I now have a list of regular male clients who have the aromatherapy of Bluebell in their home, their office, their car, wherever they go. In the shower, they choose Bluebell.
0: Interesting. Well, we all know what to buy for Father's Day now, or <laughs> for our loved ones. Yeah, yes. And you were saying that one of the earlier stories about using plants and flowers came from one of the World War Two soldiers. Was that was that right?
1: Yes, because aromatherapy and use of flowers and plants is is as old as the planet, almost. It's really ancient Greek, ancient Rome, Egyptians. It really is centuries old. But when we had the atrocities of the First World War in northern France, a chemist called René Maurice Gaffos, I think I pronounced that correctly, Um, he started to volunteer to help the injured in the First World War. And he naturally was drawn towards using what was available to him and lavender, because obviously everyone has heard of French lavender. So he then studied what happened when you use lavender and he distilled the oil from the lavender. And he discovered when applying it to the injuries of the soldiers, they responded better in their mental attitude and their actual healing of wounds, better than uh, soldiers who were not treated. And he based that evidence also on gladiators, because apparently gladiators were given lavender before they went into fight.
0: Wow. Maybe it boosts um, testosterone. So, yes,
1: yes. And it, it boosted, it, it helped their well-being overall and, and so that they could face their fate, I suppose.
0: Well, that's fascinating. But what about women then? What would be the number go-to essential oil for, for women? Did you mention rose and Well,
1: geranium? yes, I was overall absolutely without doubt for women's health is, is geranium and rose, which I know that you have uh, sampled one or two of those products of, that I have uh, from me of geranium and rose. Geranium is so calming, it's purifying, it's healing, it, and also they're non-harmful. You know, some aromatherapy products must be administered by a qualified person or physician or someone who is, you know, registered to do so. But in use of the home for the for the day-to-day person, geranium and or rose are as natural as having a geranium plant on your patio. And um, if ever you go out in your garden and you just rub the leaves of a geranium plant and then smell it you go oh and it just calms you so mixing that together with rose is fantastic for women very sort of menopausal women or women who've had children or, or babies all or women but it's really good in the hormone department.
0: Interesting is it something that you could take you know on a monthly basis for you know, yes. premenstrual tension?
1: Oh, definitely for women. I recommend it for use. Obviously, never orally, never take these things orally. But in the bath, uh, on your skin as a massage oil, a bath oil. And that's another reason why I develop candles and diffusers, because they can do the work when people don't remember. People are so busy these days, they haven't got time. But if the diffuser is in their bathroom or bedroom, it's giving off the oils naturally without you even having to remember.
0: Well no it's lovely to have a fresh smell in one's house and and of course you touched on it there it is important that you know using this to help elevate our health and well-being shouldn't be instead of best medicine and all that science has to offer it's in addition to it's what what else can patients and and people in general do to optimize their their well-being I presume that's where you're coming from
1: totally it's it's a, an added extra and to, uh, to heal your home uh, your your environment needs healing you know houses have have feelings have lives your office there are there are energies in there there are all sorts of things in a home uh, so it's an, an additional it's like having a very large bouquet of flowers delivered daily but instead it's a candle or a diffuser.
0: I like that um, analogy. And of course, now during the COVID pandemic, we're all locked into our little offices on Zoom calls and team calls from morning till night. Yep. So it is quite n- nice yeah, to bring definitely. some nature uh, home. And you, you, you were also telling me you've done some work trying to think about soaps, which is very important to get rid of bacteria from our skin. How far have you got with that process?
1: Well, I am. Um, the last few months I've been trialling and testing, Again, aromatherapy, essential oils, and it's important to use an essential oil, not a fragrance oil, because there is a difference. Essential oils are very safe as long as they are diluted or, you know, used um that's why you take exams to know what you're doing, mix them with an organic soap base. And they have been proven to help the skin. The reviews I've had so far are that they are brilliant for dry skin, really moisturizing, as well as the all important hand washing and hygiene that, of course, is so important during this pandemic. I have been consulting a a chemist She works for a a product company. She's very into, she's qualified in aromatherapy and essential oils and she works for a large company and she's a real avid buyer of my products and said that her bathroom is just wonderful and she now loves the soaps too.
0: Excellent. Well, wouldn't it be good to do a study in collaboration with a chemist and maybe a dermatologist to see if it did, in fact, help dry skin? Because I think, you know, there's so many different products on the market and to combine the best in art and science is always powerful. We heard that last week on our podcast when we talked to an eminent architect and he feels very strongly, Chris Wilkinson, that you should combine art and science to the point that in school, art and science should be taught together So this would be another example of potentially combining an artistic approach to life and well-being and good scientific rigour.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's one of my next things that I'm working towards is perhaps get the chemist report and then maybe approaching a dermatologist or see if anyone is interested in, in trialing them. But, but even the level that they are now, they're, they're in this sort of trial period. I know that they're working and I know they're very safe. It would just lovely to have them further endorsed um, at, at some point.
0: Well, I think that that's a really, really good, and it's really nice to hear you say that because I think you'll you'll get a better outcome long term. Well done. that's it's a, it's a very good initiative. You know, when we're talking about you know your initiatives, I'm thinking here, you know you've you've been a legal a paralegal assistant, you you've now become a life coach, and you're constantly iterating. And did the pandemic help this journey? expedite for you with the candles? How are you emerging post-pandemic? Because there's a lot of creativity out there and I think people are starting to reinvent themselves. So has this candle and soap idea really taken
1: off? Yes. Well, as awful as the pandemic has been, one of my mantras in life coaching, and many, many people would would confirm that I've said this, always Open your creativity. But, you know, there, there is an aspect to the human mind and human body that, need, for balance of life and well-being, you really need to use the, the all the aspects that we have. And science is one of them, and art is another. A lot of people will say to me, "Oh, I am not creative," but creative is a very big word, and they are creative. If it's making a cake or planting some flowers in the garden, that is classed is art and creativity. So I have found that during the pandemic, yes, I've been busy because, of course, people have needed support, emotional support. They need to focus. Lives have suddenly changed during this, this last year. But the candles have gone exceptionally well because, It's something that they can take away with them after the session. I mean, yes, we've been working on Zoom and then I've posted off a box of products to them. And so I have felt a lot more interest and acknowledgement of these products since last March, which is interesting. I'm sure you have.
0: Absolutely, you have. And I know you have. Big ambitions. Um, when we were chatting, I said to you, "Well, who 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 would you like to be? What's your ambition? How big does this?" Oh, the next Joe Malone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should do a collab with Joe if she's listening. You you need to get on with Joe Malone and collaborate because she really well, she, has a good thing did. going.
1: Yes, she does. She does help uh, um, entrepreneurial people. Yes, she started at home from her kitchen table. She's more of a perfumer, whereas mine is a little bit more aromatherapy and and well-being. But the process is similar. So yes, I I mantra, I want to be the next Jo (laughs) Malone.
0: Well, I think it's interesting when you said that Joe Malone was more of a perfumer and you were an aromatherapist because I was my next question was going to be you know as I say not everybody can afford you know an expensive candle not that yours are expensive but you know they may not want to spend x amount of money on a candle but everybody seems to have a bottle of perfume so what is your advice for people who want to feel a little bit better you know for the different smells that they should go after if if they're getting gifted a bottle of perfume or they simply want to just spray something on themselves every day
1: Well, there are thousands of products on the market, of course. I think my general advice is to go for a more natural product because, yes, at the moment, especially with the pandemic, and of course, people haven't got gardens either. Some people live in high-rise flats. So, To perfume your home naturally is quite easy. So a bunch of daffodils are about a pound at the moment in in the shops. They give off the most wonderful aroma and actually daffodil oil is something I'm developing at the moment for bath products because it's good for skin and hair and it just has this gentle aroma in the house. So you can buy products in the house very And you can get reasonably priced little candles, little tea lights, but I always advise make sure the instructions on the back, it's a natural product, not synthetic.
0: Okay, that's good advice, particularly since we have many students here, you know, and a little tea light provided used safely is a lovely way to light up. and I, and I like the symbol of a candle and the light it brings as we emerge from the darkness of the pandemic. We're walking into the light, so I, I do love a symbol of a candle.
1: Well, actually, a, a lit candle is very evocative of all kinds of emotions, I think. Mm, It is
0: indeed. And, you know, we're doing this in collaboration with Homerton Changemakers, as I mentioned at the very beginning. And and Changemakers is a fascinating organisation within Cambridge University at Homerton College. And they're trying to train leaders of the future. I mean, it's one thing to get a fantastic education and not everybody is so lucky, but how do you percolate all that learning and into society and give back? And I wanted to ask the question with you, you know, you've had an, a very interesting career. How do you want to change the world and what would be your advice to the change maker ambassadors of the next generation with using art and and helping people live longer healthier?
1: I think to to advise the next generation that natural is good. Oh, natural and all sciences, because food is is a science too. Everything for your to for longevity and well being to take us in in the years ahead. To use more natural products. To think about what you're using and wearing and color, art and color. It's very, very good therapy. I use this in life coaching, what colors people wear, what they are drawn to when they open the wardrobe in the morning. Are they drawn to a black top or a pink top? If you're feeling low, wear pink. Or if you're a man and don't want to wear pink, wear a lighter tone than a dark tone. So I think the the way forward for well-being and helping people to cope is... To go natural, really, and, and to fill yourself with art, colour and beautiful fragrances.
0: I think that's really good advice. And also it's advice that we can all follow because these are things that aren't expensive. They're they're around us everywhere we look, from painting your kitchen a bright colour to putting on a nice fun top to spraying some perfume or buying a little candle. Everybody can do that.
1: Yes, I'm always advising if someone's a little bit stuck, the first thing I say is look at the colors in your wardrobe, buy, some, buy a candle, buy some flowers or, as you just said, change the color of your bedroom wall or your kitchen wall. Even a set of different colour mugs can lift your mood. That's good. Well, on that note,
0: I want to thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me today. You've opened all of our eyes and shone a light on all of us with your inspirational thoughts for how to live longer, healthier. So thank you very much for joining me today in studio. Thank you, Millie.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome. And I want to thank all of my listeners for listening. And if you do have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch at hello at com. And next week, I can't wait to interview my next person, Mr. Donald Summit, And he is a hand surgeon who's doing amazing work with his incredible drawings of his hand surgery and also his charity where he um, goes to Nepal every year to operate on, on people who have leprosy. So that should be a fascinating discussion. Thanks for listening.